is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Oh yes, it's Thursday night, which means it's time for another edition of the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Thank you guys for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe and hit the bell notification to get notified whenever we have new content available to you. You can also stay up to date with the show when you're on the go by downloading us on your favorite podcast app. We just had our Operations Domination episode last night. Make sure you check that out everywhere you can because we gave you a full preview of both fantasy football and betting props, all kinds of lines for you guys to cash tickets and win championships. And we'll have Chaz Florida on the second half hour of today's show to continue that trend. But right now, we have a guest that we have to get to, and this is our favorite guest of all time. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. He's the number one injury medical professional in all of fantasy sports, host of the Injured List podcast, Mr. Brian Scott! Brian, how you doing? I'm good. I was letting people get all their cheers out. Absolutely. <laughs> Hold the belt. We got to get you a, an empty stands football show belt. Oh, that'd be great. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm vying for a belt in the uh, charity league I'm doing with the guys over at Fantasy Sports Corps. So uh, there you go. I can add that to the collection, hopefully. Huh? That, yeah, 100%. And if you keep oh. listening to this show and not them, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> you'll actually win a championship. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Love those guys over there with TSS and the Fantasy Corp. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian, man, I feel like this list gets like longer every time I talk to you. Now, I know it's NFL, but it's week three. Yeah. I feel like we should have the, these many injuries to talk about um, and some serious things that we'll just put a cap on uh, as we go too. But yeah. uh, let's just let's just dive right into it because we got a lot to cover in the next half hour here. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, that's that pretty much sums it up. Oh, it's brutal, man. So yeah. uh, this affects the fantasy teams most of all for the quarterback position we'll kick it off with, and that's uh, yeah. that's Joe Burrow dealing with the calf issue. We don't know what his status is necessarily going to be. There are also the Monday night games, so that adds an extra level of trickery to this. So first, <laughs> give me what you think uh, Joe Burrow is feeling right now, what his expectations are. Oh, man. You know, this is a tough one to call. I mean, it, it's very easy to aggravate that calf muscle. I wasn't expecting it this far out from the initial injury because he had a lot of time to recover. I thought he was, you know, good to go in the clear. And then lo and behold, apparently he tweaked it. Um, they're saying he's day-to-day. He did not practice today. Um, this could be, you know, one of those things where they, they don't want to risk the rest of the season, so they might do a, a game-time decision. Uh, um, oh, man, I really need him in there. Um, I, I'm hoping that he has a bounce-back week. Um, but this doesn't help. That's for sure. It, it doesn't help at all. And uh, I, I was, look, yesterday when we did the Operation Domination episode and we talked about this game in particular, I said, you have one of two options. You can either choose now to just pick up the best streaming option you possibly can and just play them and not plan on playing Joe Burrow this week, who has been good the first two weeks anyway because of the calf issue when he has been active. Or you could choose to try to pick up Matthew Stafford, which is not a bad streaming option to give yourself all the way until that game time to make that decision. Uh, I think yeah, that's 
one or two ways. I think you cannot uh, count on the idea that you're going to have Joe Burrow available to you this week, frankly. Uh, shout out to Jason Cooper. I <laughs> love it. Uh, he tunes in for the beginning of the show. He's like, that was head awkward. By the way, Jason Cooper, he's the guy who uh, he leads TSS. He's with Brian on Fantasy Corp. And like I said, Jason, I gave you guys a shout. I said, I do love you guys, but you know, maybe I'm just a little bit better. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, he asked him, what's up what's with James you, Cook? James what's Cook? Up? I don't know. His what wife had a baby. They had a baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. Right, man. No injuries. He's, he's not on my list. If he's not on my yeah. list, then he's good to go. No injuries. <laughs> he was just not at practice because he had a birth of his child. Yeah. So he'll be fine. And congrats to him, by the way. Yeah, uh, hopefully that works out. Fatherhood, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Bryce Young, he's got an ankle issue. He's already rolled out in this game. Andy yeah. Dalton will not die. He's like a whack-a-mole. <laughs> yeah. He's going to find a way to get on a starting field somehow. I have no idea. Amazing. Yeah, he just, he always like reappears. <sighs> I don't get it. I, I'm not, I don't think I, I didn't, you know, I didn't catch, I was watching some of that game. I didn't see him get hurt. Um, I'm not even sure if he was taken out or I think he was able to finish the, the game. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you guys can correct me on that if I'm wrong. He, he but, did finish the game. Yeah. He, he did finish the game, yeah. And then all, he, uh, you know, then he miraculously had this ankle injury, and now he's missed two days of practice already, and they ruled him out. So must be fairly significant, I guess. I guess he tried to tough it out, and, or maybe he didn't even say anything until after the game. I'm not sure. I mean, fantasy-wise, this isn't big implications. You're not playing Bryce Young. Uh, you know, maybe you're hoping on a prayer to Adam Thielen becomes relevant. Frankly, Andy Dalton might be an improvement for Adam Thielen right now. I mean, Andy Dalton's proven that he can get one guy the ball. Right now, that one guy has to be Adam Thielen. So in some ways, this could actually be an improvement for him, at least for this game, if you're planning on flexing him out. I Hopefully, you have better options. Bye weeks are not in effect yet. Uh, this one is big time because this guy is in my top 10 if he's going to be active this week at the quarterback position that's anthony richardson picking up a concussion didn't practice yesterday and what from what i saw didn't practice again today and that's when you start to get a little scared yeah yeah you know the concussion thing um until you can demonstrate that you can get through some physical activity without any uh symptoms you're not going to advance through the protocol and get cleared and so that's an issue uh you know their time is uh, of the essence here uh with about 48 hours to go pretty much um if he hasn't been able to suit up and do anything physically then uh, the, the likelihood that he'll be available is pretty low yeah so we'll have to see what he does tomorrow that, that's one we're gonna have to you know we're gonna have to have a pivot option ready to go but hopefully he is active and out there playing because he's been a fantasy stud i just the one thing and brian you know comment on this a little bit the way he's running as aggressively as he's running two weeks in a row now he came away with something now he played week two after the chest thing now he picks a concussion i don't know is this guy gonna hold up for a 17 game season well, I mean, I hope so. Uh, you know, the, the quarterback position is certainly more protected than it has ever been. Um, if you're watching the Giants 49ers game, there was a roughing the passer call that probably shouldn't have been called. Um, but that just goes to show you how protected the quarterback is. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I think, you know, and the, and the position really is you almost have to run now to be a quarterback. You have to be able to have that skill set. So, you know, he's going to keep doing it uh, if he plays it smart and gets down when he should, doesn't try to extend the play too much. You know, gets out of bounds, hits the ground, slides, and avoids any uh, major issues. He should be okay. Um, he's got youth on his side. He's probably going to feel a little bit more invincible than some of the more uh, senior players. Um, but you know, you give hope it a year, we'll season. <laughs> give it a year, we'll see. Yeah. He's still feeling like Superman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Richard Hernandez, one of our regulars for our guests, and uh, salute, gentlemen. Full PPR need two flex options this week. His options are Christian Kirk. 
uh, Damian Pierce, Michael Thomas, Jerome Ford, Puka Nakua. This is easy. Rich, if you can play Jerome Ford and Puka Nakua, that is what you do uh, in, in this scenario here. Okay, so on that note, let's go ahead and talk about some running backs. It's bad. It's so bad. There's blood everywhere. Uh, probably not the greatest job actually to play right before I talk about Nick Chubb a little bit, but <laughs> it's, it's, it, it had it had to happen. Uh, shout out to Nick Chubb. I hope he comes back on a field. I hope we see him next year. Uh, you know, good on the broadcast for not playing it. I did see the the video clip on social media, like so many others, and it was it was just absolutely brutal. Uh, so when you see something like that, Brian, what's your immediate thoughts? Um, very severe, very severe injury potentially a uh, neurovascular injury, which could potentially mean loss of limb. Like that's a serious, serious injury, no matter where that happens, whether it be on the sports field or car accident or wherever you see it. Um, it's essentially uh, a multi-ligament knee injury, but with the potential and probable knee dislocation. And when I say dislocation, I'm not talking about the knee cap. I'm talking about the knee joint itself, which poses serious risk for potential artery, vein, nerve injury. Um, so it's a really serious thing. We It has happened before. Um, there have been a few players that this has happened to. Uh, Nick Chubb is one of them. Um, the same knee, in fact. Uh, eight years ago in college, he had the same, similar thing on a non-contact play, though. That was the only difference. Where he got spun around out of bounds by a defender when he was at the University of Georgia, and his knee basically buckled underneath him, similar to how it did this past weekend. And he had a multi-ligament major knee injury. The fact that he actually came back from that and played as long as he has in the NFL at a very high level was really a testament to his ability to heal, the surgeons and doctors that probably worked with him, his rehab people uh, team that helped him get back, and and his you know fortitude, both probably mentally and physically, because that's not an easy injury to come back from no matter what sport you play. Um, to do it twice now, that's darn near impossible, and that's going to be a really, really tall hill to climb. Um, I'm more concerned about his life after football at this point when it comes to knee injury like this. You really got to start thinking about, you know, what type of damage did he do to that thing now, being the second time that he's had an injury like this. It's going to complicate the surgical treatment for this if he's had multiple surgeries already on this knee, and now you're going to have to go back in and reconstruct all these ligaments. Um, Very, very serious stuff, very complicated as far as what you do, how you treat it. There's really no timetable you can put on something like this. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be up in the air for a long time before anybody really knows what type of prognosis he has. Yeah, I just I just hope this doesn't end his career. Uh, just just for his for his sake, if nothing else. Like I don't know if he's ever gonna be fantasy relevant again because I don't know if he can ever get his explosion back. But just for his sake, I hope this does not end uh, his career. We got an interesting comment here from uh, James Donnelly. What do you think of high school wide receiver sensation coming out of Ohio, Nick Gurr? You want to tell me your thoughts? I'd love to hear him, James. Uh, to be honest, I if you want to recruit from that level, like I'm all about it, man. I got too much. T- I got too too much of my time is taken up right now with the end season stuff with the NFL. Shameless, shameless and, uh, plug there, I think is that, that, yeah, that, that was. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, yeah, you want to give me the thoughts? I, I'd love to hear him, honestly. Uh, so we got after Nick Chubb, we do have Derrick Henry. He yeah. didn't practice yesterday and today, and, today yeah. and he's got the toe. You're saying you think it might be likely turf toe. I mean, that's that's usually what it is, or at least what they usually say it is. I mean, there's really not much, I mean, unless it's fractured, which in which case he's going to be out for a while because you're not going to be able to play through that depending on where it is, what type of fracture it is. You know, there's really not much you can do to that joint <laughs> um, or that usually happens to that joint. The most common thing would be some type of turf toe type injury. Um 
it, it really depends on, on the severity with this. Uh, you know, sometimes you can have a mild sprain there. It can still be pretty painful, but you can tape it up. You can, you know, wear some protective uh, padding and stuff or rigid rigid kind of insole in your shoe to kind of help give you some support. So there's things you can do to play play with it if it's mild. If it's more severe, that becomes more of a problem because those are difficult to play through. And sometimes they require several weeks of rest. And then if it's really severe, sometimes even surgery, um, haven't really seen much as far as detail about the injury, but my suspicion is that it's some type of turf toe injury. Who knows? I mean, it could be a hangnail. It could be something stupid, but this is usually <laughs> what you see in football is usually some type of turf toe type. Yeah, it's, it's one thing about the Titans because of Rabel. He's, uh, he learned the Belichick ways of like, I tell you nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People are like mushrooms to me. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it does make it a little bit difficult. Derrick Henry's a tough dude. He did play the entire game last week. He had 25 carries. So, you know, I, I tend to think he's going to find a way to be out there on the field. I but do Tajay Spears is somebody who is available in some leagues and probably should be picked up and ready just, just in case uh, he's unable to go. What about Aaron Jones? He did get back in a limited capacity finally. Yeah, so he returned uh, with his first practice today in a limited fashion, so that's good. Um, doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be ready to play this weekend, but it's a sign that things are moving in the right direction. Uh, so I would keep an eye and see what he does tomorrow and then you know, if if he's able to get through a full practice and it doesn't sound like he has any setbacks, he could be a true game time decision or maybe even be in a snap count. Yeah, so that, that's something we always have to watch out for. He's already in a committee. We know with A.J. Dillon. My thing, though, Aaron Jones plays, especially in this matchup against the Atlanta Falcons or against the New Orleans Saints at home. The Packers need him. He might not get much on the ground. They need him in the passing game badly. Uh, so keep your eyes on that. Aaron Jones likely has to be in your lineup if he's going to be out there. What is going on with Austin Eckler? Talk about injuries we're not getting a lot of details on. We're not. Um Although he, he was at practice today, so that's the first time uh, apparently he's been spotted at practice since the injury, but he did, he did not practice again. But also yesterday he was quoted as saying that he should be back sooner rather than later. So what, I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, my guess is probably not this week, potentially next week. Maybe we see him kind of get back on the practice field and start doing stuff. Um, I think part of the reason he might have missed these last weeks or so was not only his ankle injury, but the death of his friend and agent, which I think might have taken a little bit of an emotional toll on him. So, um, you know, factor that in with the ankle injury. I think he just gave himself a little bit more time. You know, he's a, he's a pro. He's been in the league a while now. He's not a rookie. Um, he, he knows how to nurse his body and get it back to health. So I think we'll probably not see him again this week, but I'm, I'm anticipating that next week we should see him ramp up his activity of practice and be ready. Yeah, I mean, let's hope so. We, we're we losing top running backs left and right. We need one to come back. The Chargers need him to come back because if they go 0-3 this week against the Minnesota Vikings, ooh, there's going to be some panic in the streets for yeah. Los Angeles when it comes to them. Uh, James Dallin coming back. I'm good at that Aaron Rodgers suffered a horrific, dirty knee grow injury today. I am not really 100% sure. Uh, what he is referring to. Uh, <laughs> Who's watching today? What's going on? <laughs> I love it, though. Bring, bring everybody out. Like I, I love the characters. Keep it fresh <laughs> and keep it interesting. Uh, David Montgomery, he's got a thigh issue. He was, you know, there's just a little back and forth, right? They, yeah. The Lions organization says day-to-day. David Montgomery himself said, it's going to take me a few weeks probably to get healed. <laughs> I tend to lean towards a player on this one, especially when that was the first comment to come out about the injury. Yeah, yeah, and then head coach Dan Campbell today was like, uh, it's day-to-day, so uh, who knows? But he didn't practice, so I guess that's not a good day. 
Um, yeah, it depends on the severity of this bruise. I mean, you got a lot of muscle tissue in the front of your thigh, which is probably where his contusion is, but that can be very painful. You can develop a hematoma there, which is basically a collection of blood. If that happened, it's a deep thigh bruise, deep mus muscular tissue bruise. That could take a while to get better. Um, and maybe that's the case, seeing as how he didn't do anything at practice today. I mean, something to certainly keep an eye on. Usually what happens is these things take a while to get better. And then once they do get better, they get better very quickly. Uh, but it's getting through that initial kind of healing phase um, and recovery phase, which can sometimes be at least two weeks or so. So, um, uh, you know, I don't think we'll see him this week if he couldn't get back on the field today. Uh, we might not see him for at least a two-week period. Yeah, Jameer Gibbs is a top 15 option, uh, low-end RB1, high-end RB2 for me this week. He's got to get a little extra work. Craig Reynolds will work in to some degree, but he's not going to assume the full David Montgomery role. So this is the opportunity, if you had Jameer Gibbs, for him to show you what he can do and be that electric back that a lot of people drafted him to be. Uh, this one was interesting because this throws the entire Saints backfield into a, a wonky situation, at least for one week, until Alvin Kamara comes back off the suspension. Jamal Williams he picks up the hamstring issue. Denver came back. Uh, it does look like Kendry Miller is going to come back, though, this week. Because thank God, because Tony Jones Jr. is a bum. Uh, so just speak to Jamal Williams, what we expect here. Yeah, I mean, well, here we go with the hamstring again. I mean, the, uh, having to leave a game, a uh, Monday night football game, you know, the, not being able to come back. That's a sign that things are probably at least a moderate strain, which is uh, doesn't bode well for at least a couple of weeks, you know. And it's going to be one of those things like we see with Watson and some of the other guys on the list here that are, you're going to struggle to get back and it's going to take some time. Uh, but yeah, Kendra Miller is coming back um, from his knee issue. Um, we'll see how he performs. Uh, he's a highly regarded rookie coming out of TCU, but he's got a history of knee problems. Um, so I was always a little worried when I heard that he went down with a knee injury to begin with, because he's got a, a knee that he dealt with in college um, that he injured. So, um, you know, we'll see. Well, knee, he's dealt with hamstring issues. He hasn't practiced a whole lot, which is why even this week, uh, he doesn't sniff anywhere near my flex territory because I don't know how much he's going to actually be able to play right away in week one. He's definitely more talented than Tony, Tony Jones Jr. is, but I think Taysom Hill is probably going to work in. I think the Saints are going to be pretty creative when it comes to the rushing options for this week. And again, Alva Kamara comes off suspension after this week too. So it's only a one-week wonder thing. I'm not rushing out there to pick up Kendra Miller in your leagues. Uh, Justice Hill, he picked up a turf toe injury apparently. Yeah, um, they're saying that uh, he's going to miss time. Um, it's not thought to be significant, um, but um, they said he's not going to miss much time, but it sounds like he's probably going to miss this week at least. Yeah, Gus Edwards, he's going to rise up in my rankings, by the way. I haven't finalized my rankings for the weekend. We'll probably be doing it over the next couple of days. Check out BellyFantasySports.com. Look for the rankings. Look for Dan Mater. Look for my tab there. Uh, but Gus Edwards, he was already sitting at RB32. I already had him as a flex play this week. He will likely crack my top 24 and be a must play because they just signed Kenyon Drake to the practice squad. He's not going to be ready to go, at least in any kind of significant fashion. Melvin Gordon's been hanging around, but let's face it, Melvin Gordon's been a ghost. Gus Edwards might be in for a very busy day. Wouldn't even be surprised if he actually manages 20 carries in this upcoming game with Justice Hill out of the way. So Gus Edwards, fire him up in a plus match against the Indianapolis Colts for sure this week with the news hey, about this hey, injury. And do you remember when we talked about Gus Edwards last year? Yeah. And and when we talked about, um, what's his counterpart who went out with the Achilles injury this year? Um, Dobbins. Dobbins. Do you remember what I used to say about those two? I used to think that Gus Edwards had the list less of the two evil D injuries last year. 
And I thought he was going to come back and be much better than Dobkin, uh, Dobbins, who actually came back earlier. Gus Edwards had a few setbacks too, but now Gus Edwards is entering that two-year territory from his ACL injury and recovery. So if he's going to have a good year after that, this is going to be up. Yeah, I, I, I agree. This, this, this and is you the look, time. Look at where Dobbins is now, right? Like I, I was not as high on him coming back off that ACL injury last year as I was on Edwards, but Edwards was the one that kind of struggled a little bit more. And Dobbins had his issues too, but you know, look where they are now. It's a big difference. Yes, it's a huge difference. And Gus Edwards showing you he can still be very efficient, 6.2 yards per carry uh, last week. So keep your eyes on that. Let's switch over to the wide receivers. All right, first up on the list, Amari Cooper. He had a groin shoulder issue. The groin he did carry into last week, that is true. And now he has a shoulder issue, but he did practice the limit capacity today. So are you concerned about Amari Cooper suiting up on Sunday? No, I'm not. He he was pretty effective. I mean, seven catches for 90 yards over the weekend, and that groin thing popped up really late in the week, I think on like a Saturday practice or something. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, it was really weird. So I don't think this is going to be too significant. I think he'll play through it, and we should uh, see some good production again. That actually screwed me because I actually I could I didn't know what to do with him in my rankings. <laughs> I was like, do I take him out? Because like people were talking about he wasn't gonna play on Monday and I wound up putting him down way too in. far. Uh, yeah, that was with that us. was as a ranker, I always get pissed off when that happens. <laughs> well I'm still here. <laughs> do you not hear me? Do you not hear me? Hello? All right. Well, I'll keep going. How's that? Okay. Moving I'm right still along. Here. Oh man, what, Amon what, Ross St. Brown, uh, another toe injury to speak of here. He returned to practice after uh, missing yesterday with some type of toe injury, not to believe to be too serious. Again, this is probably one of those you know mild turf toe sprains. Um, he should be available and ready to go. Shouldn't have any limitations on him. Christian Watson, we spoke of Christian. Uh, briefly earlier in the conversation, and uh, he is bouncing back from a hamstring. He still did not practice today, but apparently it wasn't because of the hamstring issue. It was to just to give him a day of rest after he had gone to uh, practices consecutively, uh, working his way back from that hamstring injury. So uh, Christian Watson uh, might be ready this weekend. We'll have to see what he's able to get through tomorrow um, and if he is uh, ready to go on game day. Uh, do you hear me, Brian? Uh, now I do. Yeah. Okay. I kept going because I I lost you. That, that, no, I appreciate it. It's fun. I <laughs> I never lost it on my end. Everything looked completely fine. I could hear you. I could hear me. And I yeah. So it was really that was that was very yeah. strange. I don't Technology know. There. Uh, thanks, for, <laughs> thanks for carrying in the way for me though. That's okay. I mean, you didn't miss much. Uh, Christian Watson was the last guy I talked about. And, yeah. So- uh, yeah, well, yeah, he did not practice again today. I don't think he's going to play this week. Well, they said uh, it was just rest. They didn't say it had anything to do with his hamstring. They said it was just a purely did, a rest day. So, I did see that. Yeah. We'll have to see. Even if he does play, I think he's going to be on a pitch count on Sunday. Like I think Christian Washington will be left outside of your lineups uh, just for another week, I think. Yeah. Uh, this is one that's hitting close to home, though. Jalen Waddle for me. The way Mike McDaniel talked about it early in the week, he seemed like he was just was not concerned at all. Like this was like while I was going to clear the concussion protocol, no problem. And we usually look for guys to practice on Thursday. And he didn't do that today. No, um, not at all. Which is not great when you're looking at the concussion protocol, like we talked about earlier. The thing is, 
you know, it's very subjective. So even though maybe he's struggling still and symptomatic, uh, sometimes, you know, uh, uh, an extra day of rest could do the body uh, a world of good. There's a chance that he could get over these symptoms very quickly and could have a bounce back day tomorrow and be good for the game this weekend. I mean, it's hard to predict really with these concussion st uh, stuff. Um, but, you know, the, the thing that you have to look for is can they get through the physical activity portion of it? And a lot of times if they can't do it by Friday uh, in a full exertional type thing, uh, it's going to be hard to get them cleared by, by Sunday. Yeah, 100%. So we'll have to, Jalen Waddles, I think, is in serious trouble for missing time on Sunday. We will, hopefully we get a positive report tomorrow. Uh, Jacoby Myers, we do have a positive report on him and his concussion yeah. woes. Yeah, he, he returned full practice today, uh, which is a great sign. As long as he's good after that, uh, he should be good to go. All right, perfect. So fire him up, by the way, as a top 36 play. He was very involved in the week one. This is another game where I think he's got a good opportunity to get involved here again. Uh, Brandon Cooks, it seemed like the entire time last week that they were looking for him to come back this week. Yeah, I think they were just playing it safe with him. Um, he had like a, a mild uh, MCL sprain, um, limited practice yesterday, no injury designation as of yet for the weekend game. But I think as we get closer to game day, we should see him ramp up his activity and probably be uh, good to go. Well, uh, Brian, I guess uh, this is a good indication here. Richard Hernandez, I'm, I'm guessing he's a Giants fan. L seems a little upset. Uh, the, I, feel uh, I, I feel your pain. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's keep going here. OBJ picked up an ankle injury, and I'm not liking what I'm seeing for this week for him. Yeah, no, I don't think he's playing. Um, I need another day of not, not practicing. Uh, you know, he's still he's still trying to battle back too from this knee. I mean, he really hasn't been able to test it out much. And now he's got this on top of it. He's had ankle issues in the past. I'm not sure which ankle it is. When he was with the Giants, he had a fracture that uh, he missed a bunch of time with having to have surgery on one of those ankles. So, you know, I mean, high octane, um, super fast, high speed guy. But, you know, the problem is when those things uh, crash, uh, they crash hard. Yeah, and the other thing, too, take consideration. So I want to put out Rashad Bateman. I'm not trying to insert Rashad Bateman to my lineup just yet. DFS-wise, by the way, go play him because he's very, very cheap. And he could have a bigger role this week with OBJ out of the way. I know Algalor split time with him. But remember, Bateman is still making up for lost time in his own right. Bateman is going to be the starting wide receiver this week, not Nelson Aguilar. So keep him on your rosters, especially if OBJ is going to miss more time. There's room, especially in this new offense, for Rashad Bateman to start becoming a flex play sooner rather than later. So if he's available in your waiver wires, please pick him up. He could be valuable to you. Uh, we got a question coming in from Ray Gamer. Hey, guys, others like this trade and others don't. So I'm giving away Christian Watson, Christian Kirk, Zach Moss, and Kareem Hunt for Garrett Wilson and Jordan Addison. Which receiver do you think I could trade for? So I, when you say Garrett Wilson and Jordan Addison, I'm thinking you're getting both. I, if you're giving up those three players and Hunt's just a waste uh, for one receiver, Look, I know it's this, I know the Zach Wilson thing's not great, but look, Jordan Addison's never going to be the number one target on this team. The Jets could easily get another quarterback besides Zach Wilson at some point this season. If you're going to make that move, it would be for Garrett Wilson. But honestly, I would probably just stand pat or look for another option here with some more upside. Because frankly, if they don't get rid of Zach Wilson, Garrett Wilson could be nothing more than a high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two all year. Jordan Addison, more of a flex play for the majority of the year as well. 
Uh, Christian Kirk is going to keep performing better. This team is going to be in a lot of shootouts. Christian Watson, we know what his upside could be. So get Ray. I would I would probably not do the deal uh, at all there if I was you. Uh, let's move on here. We got Darnell Mooney with a knee issue. Yeah, um, he was a limited participant in practice today. You know, initially when he, he had this injury, it didn't seem like it was going to be a serious issue. Um, I haven't really gotten much detail about what the injury was, but I think uh, he'll ramp up his activity um, and may, might be a true game time decision. Yeah, so we'll have to see about that one. It could be a high-scoring game here. The Bears, if they have any chance of looking like a, an offensive team, this would be the week for it, although I don't think it's going to happen because it sounds like there's some disarray in that organization. It might be going downhill fast. We'll talk more about that with Chaz Flaherty on the other side. Zay Jones, he's dealing with a knee issue, and this is kind of why I think Christian Kirk might have a big game. Yeah, I didn't I didn't even know he got hurt, to be honest with you, uh, but they've listed him as day-to-day, so it doesn't sound like it's too serious, but then... They also didn't seem too optimistic that he'd be available this week. So they might just be playing it safe and not giving him uh, or I should say giving him some more time to kind of rest and recover this weekend and maybe getting him prepared for the following week. Yeah, we'll have to see one more little tidbit with the tight end Logan Thomas. He did have a concussion. Uh, Logan Thomas is not necessarily on your fantasy radars, although he was getting more work than I anticipated over the first two weeks. But I wanted to shout him out because that was a brutal yeah. hit that he took. Yeah, um, I, I didn't see the hit, but I heard about it. Um, and he's still in concussion protocol. He was not participated at all today, so he could be out for a little while. Yeah, it's a shame. The guy has been really up there, and injuries kind of derailed him over the past yeah few years uh we nailed it in half hour brian good work Sweet. by you man hey thank you uh so uh, tell everybody where to follow you at what do you got coming up everybody needs to check out brian and the angelus podcast yeah so i just uh released my own episode um this past week uh with uh, nb former uh professional basketball player played collegiately at ucla and long beach state a gentleman by the name of travis reed we had an awesome discussion about his experiences playing uh, abroad in Europe and South America and Australia. He was very decorated international professional basketball player. So I highly recommend that he's a cool dude. We had a great chat. And then with all the football stuff going on, you can find uh, information um, at uh, on Twitter at injured or I'm sorry, at injured list pod. And then um, my uh, website, the injured list.com. I've got a blog series that is up with Andrew LaDuke from Fantasy Sports Corps called Inside the Medical Tent. There's been some changes to it. Now, I used to do this for free, um, and people were getting this you know, wealth of knowledge at no charge. Now there's a small little charge, and you have to kind of sign up for it, but I guarantee you it'll be worth your while. And uh, you, know, you can cancel the subscription anytime. If you think you uh, need some help and you got some injuries, you can always ask questions. Um, email me there. And uh, we'll make sure we'll cover it in one of the blog topics. But yeah, it's a great um, blog I've been doing with Andrew now for the second year running, and it's been wildly popular. And um, trying to just put some money back into the podcast and back into the website, so uh, nothing really goes in our pockets. But you know, it's totally worth it, and it's very cheap. Yeah, absolutely. You can't win your fantasy leagues unless you know about these injuries, what to expect. That's how you get the edge. There's so much information out there, but the one leagues that it's still a kind of pioneer, if you will, is if you can get the edge on when guys are going to be recovering and when they'll be at full strength. So make sure you guys check out Brian Scott and the Angelus podcast and follow him on social media. Brian, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's always a pleasure to have you, All my right, man. Yeah. 
We're going to take a quick break and come back on the other side. We got Chaz Flarty waiting. We're going to talk about our bets of the weekend. So everybody stay tuned to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back right after this. Spring has sprung and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning. They've already helped you tidy up all the nooks and crannies of your body's basement. But this year, Manscaped can help you get the perfect presentation on that beautiful face with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Make sure you look your best this spring by using code BELLY20 to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. So tame your mane with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. The sun is peeking back out, which means you'll have to show your face in the daylight again. So use the kit to make sure your scruff looks award-winning, whether you have glorious beard flow or some smooth, sleek cheeks. Save 20% off and free shipping with the code BELLY20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code BELLY20 at manscaped.com. Focus on the face and use the Beard Hedger Pro Kit for the cleanest look in the game. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome back into the show. It's time now to cash some tickets. We got the man, the myth, the legend that we all love, and we're going to introduce him properly now. And now, for the moment you've all been waiting for, he's the number one sports better in the world from Sports Betting Weekly, Mr. Chaz you know what if it's based on your pick last week and chris's pick last week then yes technically everything you just said was absolutely true listen mine's not my fault the i if i knew the running back was gonna break his leg in the second quarter i wouldn't have put that as a lock well, and, and that's the thing i, I laughed I, I laughed when brian uh, you know kind of tippy-toed around you know kicking in some money, you know, tipping the bartender, as we call it, when you're, you know, when you're giving out plays or whatever the case may be. But, but if you're taking it seriously, then you're investing quite a bit of money to be in this fantasy and you can win a lot of money. It takes money to make money. It's really that simple. Yeah, 100% agree. That's why people should subscribe to his thing. Let's welcome in Chris Dowhauer to the show now too. Chris, how are we doing tonight? I like money, Chaz. I mean, how do I get money you have money? I have to ask Chris a question. What was the last time that you turned on a game and you didn't know your guy wasn't playing? And, and you're wondering why he's out there. And then you Google it up and you go and you look and he's on the bottom of the, the box scores, you know, injured. Uh, I've had it happen to me. And so I know it, it happens you're to people. You tonight because I know that happened to a few people tonight. Yeah, yeah. Um, not pretty recently, Chaz. Cam Akers has happened to me a couple times, actually, in the last two years where – Cam Akers seems to be in the good graces and supposed to be a starter. The next thing you know, Sean McVay. He's not on the team anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So what is that? Because, you know, I'm I'm not a fantasy guy. I don't propose to be a fantasy guy. I am a very intelligent sports better. I understand that uh, handicapping and, and, and fantasy stuff is stuff that happens before kickoff. Once that kickoff, as you mentioned, with, I mean, Browns fans, Cleveland backers, everybody just had to go. Oh, and then they still had a shot, right? They still had a shot. They had the ball. They had the lead. They're covering. All they got to do is protect the ball. All they got to do is protect the ball. They didn't do it. 
Yeah, no, no second half in that, I guess, Chaz. This what sucks. Now, there was a, a very uh, good win. Uh, you know, I, I, so I have your plays. I got the parlay, and, I, and I'm, I'm playing around with it. But that San Francisco second half, you know, was a very nice win. So, yeah, so we got to, we got to. Well, I'm saying they didn't come back all the way for the second half to cover for our parlay, but they, they covered for the second half. Well, sorry, Dan, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I had to ask about right. this parlay because I've been, I've been chomping at the bit on this one. So, I I didn't get to see the very end of the game, but from what I understand, the Rams kicked a field goal with three oh, yeah, Chris, you missed the that. game with absolutely no chance to get the ball back for absolutely no point other than to screw people out of parlays that we had, Chaz, because I'm pretty I, I sure they had money on the game. This. Well, I'm sorry, I heard you saying. I said, I'm pretty sure Sean McVay must have had the money on that game because there's there was no explanation for the field goal in that situation, none whatsoever. I thought I heard uh, somebody say that uh, tiebreaker down the road division game. That's what for, I heard. For points separation. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, it, it made no sense. Uh, we did have a question from Ray Gamers. We're trying to figure out some trades here all night long. Uh, and then here's what we got. So he's, his roster is, is is pretty solid, man. He's got Jalen Hurts to Chris Olave and DK Metcalf. Uh, uh, I know you're waiting. I know you're wor- I know you're waiting for Watson to come back. You got Christian Kirk, you got going, Saquon, Montgomery. He's, he he does mention another comment that he also lost Nick Chubb. Um, I understand why you're feeling the pressure to make a move. This is not a roster in which I'm making a move yet. You might have to suffer for another week or two, but don't go away trading willy nilly. Now, if you have somebody in your league who's panicking on somebody who is you know not playing up to snuff over the first couple of weeks, especially the week three, people panic all the time. And you always want to be able to take advantage of that. But in my experience playing fantasy football, after that week, week week three, week four, if somebody's had three out of four bad games or two out of three bad games, that's when you can start to actually get the value of the buy low. Uh, so I would wait one more week here, Ray, and then we would start to make we would start to make some adjustments. Yes, you want to try to go after a running back because you're really banged up there. I get it. Uh, but you don't have a lot of two-for-one options. Now, maybe if you find the Austin Eckler owner packaging Joshua Kelly up with a Christian Kirk and improving on a running back in that stance when Christian Watson's back and healthy next week, uh, that could be a move that I would I would try to make and see what kind of running back you could get to improve that situation because Eckler, we don't know exactly what's going on. We just had Brian Scott on. Uh, it might not be too long of an injury, but we don't think it's necessarily just this week that he's going to miss. It could be another week. We have to find out exactly what's going on with him. So maybe you do something along those lines off the top of my head. Chris, you got anything for him? I mean, for myself, I'm looking for a Damian Pierce as a guy that people are still not have some like for. Uh, yeah. Zach Moss having a decent game last week. Maybe I'm taking a Damian Pierce and looking for a Zach Moss and trying to package those guys. Um, they maybe upgrade somewhere, try to take advantage of somebody who's like reacting to what just happened last week with Zach Moss. And then, like I said, Damian Pierce is a guy who still has some some name. Um, so maybe that's what I'm looking for. Even maybe, you know, throw Chris Kirk in that deal, possibly try to upgrade somewhere. That's what I would look to do. You have a lot of good players, a lot of depth eventually. I know it kind of sucks right now not to have it, but I think if you're looking, you don't really have a lot of home run guys. Maybe take a swing at the end, kind of, you know, Ludic, like Austin Eckler, maybe a Cooper Cup, somebody's desperate to kind of you know, unload them. 
I'm going to look for some kind of upgrade possibly as I, you know, you have a lot of depth to kind of ride out the wave in a sense. In the meantime. Maybe even look at a Jonathan Taylor, something that's up in the air. He's got another two weeks. He comes back something along those lines, but I'm not making any crazy moves right now. Remember the fantasy football season is made up of four quarters. We're in the first quarter right now. You can still make the playoffs, even if the weather a little bit of a storm. All right, we got to get into some of these games though and get the ball rolling. Cause we are here to cash some tickets with the great man, Chaz Filardi. So let's talk about our first Sunday game the buffalo bills and the washington commanders the bills are favored at minus six and a half with an over under at 44 and a half i know the commanders have been very competitive or two and oh they've been very competitive more competitive than i think people thought they would be but i don't know if i'm not surprised by it because i don't think denver's that great of a team and we know arizona stinks so i'm not overly impressed the bills look like they got some things corrected offensively last week against the raiders i expect that to continue on the bills are the better team in this so i am taking the bills at minus six and a half myself but Chaz, what do you got in this game well, remember, I go usually by the 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 board, the big board. So uh, we're a little out of order. So, but I've got I've got two sets of notes tonight. I've got my data, but I've got some opinions because I'm watching a lot of football right now. So my opinion, my data on this is Buffalo scores thirty two plus four or five. They allow twenty three or less in seven and nine on the road. They're allowing twenty two or less in nine of ten, and eight of those nine have gone under. Miami at home scores 20 or less, 7 and 9, and they've gone under an 8 of 9. So I see a couple unders. But what I've got, um, what I've got on this one is they, they, they played the Jets game one, and they got beat. Was that an aberration? And last week is what we're going to see with, with Buffalo. And then Washington, you know, I talked to Blackhawk West, our, our, our in-house Kansas City season ticket holder, and, and I'm asking, you know, uh, how big is the enemy in part on that team? He seems like he's made a difference. Yeah, I, I, I don't. It looks like the same Washington team to me. With you know, they got the spunk, and the de- the big key is that the defense is a lot better. Um, but I don't know. I don't feel like this is much different, Chris. Do you? I don't feel like. Well, I'm no. I mean, looking at I usually resort to Chaz from some of the numbers, but I did look up some stuff for this games and for Buffalo. They've been nine and one as the favorite on the road, so this is something they're kind of used to being doing. They've been covering as on the road as. So I think this is a team that talked Dan talked six and a half. I think Buffalo kind of played a really good defense. Jets aren't bad guys, um, defensively at least. And I think offensively, you saw Buffalo kind of find a stride last week. I love Buffalo in this game. I think they're going to cover. I think Washington's going to find some you know, a taste of reality this week. Yeah, I, t- I tend to agree with that. Uh, what about this Houston Texans Jacksonville Jaguar game? This is actually an extra, uh, we'll call this a, an extra lock because it wasn't one of my top three lock in the outline, but I am calling it a lock. Lock them in. It's a lock. I'm locking in the over-under. The over-under is only 44 for this game. Uh, last time I checked, Jacksonville puts up points, and Houston showing you that when they get in garbage time, they can put up some points too. I think this game definitely goes over the 44 mark, in my opinion. As far as the line goes, the Jaguars are favored at minus 8.5. I am concerned about the backdoor cover from the Houston Texans. Not saying the Jaguars shouldn't be covered by that much. I do have them in mind as far as I have them actually at a seven and a half points. So I'm a, I'm a point lower uh, than Vegas is on that. So I would have Houston covering. I am afraid the backdoor cover, but the over under is what I'm hammering here. Chaz, do you have anything in this game? This is Houston Jacksonville. Houston is allowed 25 or more in eight of nine on the road. It's 24 or more in six of seven. Jacksonville allows 21 or less in five of five. My notes say Houston scored 20 points. I was shocked. I saw Houston <laughs> score 20 points. And then Jacksonville, you know, I'm not sure. 
if, if that KC defense was the reason for them uh, losing that game. You know, that, uh, don't get me wrong. That was an ugly game to get. You know, I got the, I'll tip the W. I took the W, but it was an ugly game. <laughs> Chris, what do you think? We think do you get we we uh, so, higher scoring game on this game. I'm a little. I was a little confused by some of the numbers I saw, and I wasn't sure if they're definitely accurate. But one of them said that the Texans have won nine of the last ten meetings between these two teams, and I don't think I realized that, but that could be a possibility. The Texans have kind of Jacksonville kind of struggles in division with some kind of weird games here or there. And Not I against also, Colts, but maybe against everybody else. <laughs> what'd you say? No, struggle against the Colts, but maybe well, yeah. against everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> and then look, Cher Lawrence himself's 0 and 5 against the spread and one and four and one and four is a home favorite. Um, the team itself's one and seven in those last eight games. So as the favorite Jacksonville, they haven't really worn, worn that crown so well as of late. I'm curious to see if it'll be a different year. Um, I would take Jacksonville. I would take the points, but I'm I was just kind of surprised to see some of those numbers. Yeah, I think that backs up my fear, right? Honestly, with the uh, the backdoor cover, frankly, for Houston. Um, let's head over to Denver and Miami. The Dolphins are favored at minus six and a half. This over unders at forty eight. I'm staying away from the line. The, the over under line is about right, about where I have it. But I am taking the Dolphins to cover here at minus six and a half. The Broncos are getting some bad news on defense. They're banged up. Justin Simmons doesn't look like he's going to play in this one. We do have to find out about Waddle, and that will make a big difference on the Miami Dolphins offense side of things but i think they cover this game at minus six and a half i just don't like what i'm seeing out of the denver broncos especially they're gonna be banged up especially if they're gonna be in the hot heat of miami on the road Chaz, what do you got in this game yeah uh the denver has allowed 27 plus in four or five that are one and four against the spread and, and four of those have gone over so duh, yeah you've done really well if you took against them and the over miami four and oh against the spread home allowing 24 or less in 13 of 14 so I later on, I've got some notes that have dates. These are pretty good. This one just says the Denver coach should worry about his own coaching because he bashed Hackett pretty good. <laughs> and they, you know, Denver, maybe it's just a place where coaches go to die. I don't know. And then uh, <clears throat> Miami, remember, they started the season. Killing them. <laughs> Miami's, yeah, Miami's 2-0. and They both were on the road. And yeah. really, when do you win championships? In the second half and on the road. So those are that's a big start to a season, two road ones. I like it. I like it. Uh, we got another question coming in from Ray Gamer. Are we starting the Eagles defense, the Jaguars D, Seattle D, or Ravens D this week? Yes, I do like Seattle's D. I do like the Ravens D. Here's my thing, though. I'm not dropping the Eagles defense to pick up either one of those defenses. So if you already have the Eagles defense, that's why I'm playing, and I do like them on Monday night against Tampa Bay. Uh, Chris, let's let's say in your case, let's say you don't have the Eagles defense. Let's say for some reason they're available on the waiver wire. Which defense do you think just scores the most this week? Probably going to go with the Jaguars defense. I think it might go up the more, you know, not a lot of decent amount of points. So Dan kind of alluded to the over might be kind of a sneaky thing to play in this game, but I think there's going to be some turnovers. We've seen, you know, this quarterback being under siege. CJ Stroud, the offensive line has basically one guy healthy. Um, there's been turnovers left and right the first two games. So I think there's going to be opportunity for Jacksonville to look at some easy points in this game. So I'd play Jacksonville's defense. Okay, let's move on to our next matchup here. We got the Indianapolis Colts taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Speaking of, the Ravens favored at minus 7.5 right now and the over-under set at 44. This is a game I'm going to wait to bet on we're going to find out tomorrow one way or another if anthony richardson's going to play and if he does play i'm going to be staying away from the seven and a half line 
Colts again, kind of like the Houston Texans. I'm a little bit worried about a backdoor cover here. But if Minshew plays, I have no concern whatsoever. I'm taking the Ravens cover minus seven and a half. He stinks, Chris. I'm sorry. He stinks. You keep throwing him out there. He did did pretty good. He did pretty good last week when he came in. Who who started week one? Because that was your whole thing. It was like, Arvin Minshew's going to start the season. What happened? No, you're just wasting your time. Well, I didn't realize Jim Mercy is a complete moron either. It's always a default. It's always a default. Earth is a moron. Conversation over. <laughs> Chaz, what do you got in this game, man? All right. Indy allows 20 plus in eight of eight, seven and one over. On the road, they allow 20 plus in six of six. Baltimore has allowed 17 or less points and six of seven. And their unders at home, 10 out of 11. They 17, 20, 3, 9, 9, 16, 9. Those are final scores, 17-23-9-9-16-9 of teams in the NFL. That's their final score, 17-23-9-9-16-9. That's, that's not even a lot of points. That's, Chargers give up that in a, in a week. Yeah, no, I, I can get behind the under in this game, frankly. I don't I don't think either offense is going to feel that pressure to score. I can get behind the under in this game. Uh, Ray saying he's oh, wait, actually- wait, real quick. So I forgot about this. Yeah, so so when they play Jacksonville and Houston so far, right? Well, what does that tell you? That doesn't tell you anything. Those two no. teams nobody's scared of. And Baltimore, you know, they're always pretty good early. They're always pretty good early. I just, I, I don't know. Yeah, I hear you, Chad, on that one. Uh, Ray saying he actually has both the Jags and the Eagles roster. Look, for me, for me, Ray, I have the Eagles ranked higher. So that, that's who I'm going to be playing off of that. Chris just told you he thinks the Jaguars might have some more upside for the turnover. Well, I like the Eagles defense. So you, you told me my choice was the Eagles were off the board. So I agree with you on the Eagles. Okay. All right. Yeah, you're right. I did say it like that. Okay. Uh, now, so now let's go ahead to our next matchup here. Um we have the Atlanta Falcons, the Detroit Lions. The Falcons are finally on the road in this one after being home the last two weeks. They take on the Detroit Lions at home. The Lions only minus three and a half. The over-unders only 45 and a half. Now, there's, this is another game where I'm waiting to see the injury reports tomorrow. There's some questions about Amon Ross St. Brown and his avail- availability. Uh, Reynolds is banged up, but he's expected to play in this game. I just I get a little bit worried. We already know Montgomery's out. I get worried about what's going to be available for the Lions offensively on Sunday. So this is a game I'm staying away from, but here's what I will say. If they're all good to go, Malon Ra is good to go, and Josh Reynolds is good to go, I am not going to bet against Detroit at home with a minus three and a half stat line. So give me Detroit in this one if their offensive firepower is healthy. Chaz, what do you got for this? Uh, in the first half, Atlanta is 1-10 against the spread in their last 11. In the first half, Detroit is 11-2-1 against the spread in their last Fourteen. All right, so, so bet that first half. Yeah. The road uh, on the road, they're scoring eighteen or less in the six straight, and at home they scored twenty-seven plus and eleven of thirteen. Yeah, I really like Detroit here, but I says Desmond Ritter. What what quarterback number was he for you guys when when drafting for the this year's for, season? For me, he was thirty as far as okay. fantasy goes. All right, uh, quarterbacks, not yeah. players. Okay, just saying, I'm yeah. just saying. <laughs> and then it's hard to root against this Detroit team, but it's the Lions. Isn't it just a matter of time that they shoot themselves in the foot or something? I mean, if it, not at home. If this is on the road, yes. No, I'm, I'm just saying. They're starting yeah. good. They look good, but I just it's like Baltimore. I just wait for the shoe to drop. I'm just waiting for something <laughs> to happen. We're, we're getting our taste with that with the Chargers and the Jets right now, Chaz. All right, everybody has to take their turn to shoot themselves in the foot. We got we to gotta get through the season first. Chris, <laughs> you, got, you got any action in this game? Yeah, this is a pick'em for me, Dan. I, this is a game I'm trying to avoid. I think this can go either way. 
Um, Detroit, you know, has been the flavor of the month in a sense, but everybody likes Detroit this year. But Detroit historically, as you know, Chaz alluded to, seem to find ways to not always win when they should win. Atlanta's been kind of difficult. They're a difficult matchup. Both these teams kind of want to be physical. It's just going to be interesting for me. I want, like I said, to pick them for me. I don't think I've ever seen a money line lower than 36 and a half. And that's what we have for the New England Patriots and the New York Jets. In 2010, that Dan. 2010, 2010 is the last time it's been as, at that low. I was going to say, like, I've never, I've seen 37. I've seen 38. I was like, I don't think I've ever seen 36 and a half as an over under. Uh, that's insane. And that would be before I was, you know, betting and doing the podcast and everything. So that makes sense why I wouldn't have seen it. Yeah, so the, the Patriots are on the road. They're favored at minus three. Uh, you know, I want the Jets in the money line. Give me, give me the underdog. Give me the, give me the. If you want to take the bet, you want to take the safe thing plus three. A low scoring game like this, it could be a two point lead. Uh, the the Jets are at home. Now he, here's the problem: Nathaniel Hackett has to remember that they have to have the identity of running first. Brees Hall cannot get four carries, and you just think that's an okay offensive game plan. So that's my one concern, is that we have to deal with Nathaniel Hackett. So that, that probably can be a little queasy. But this, this, to me, has upset written all over it with the Jets being at home and, and just this oh, low, it could be an ugly game. I, I got them winning this game outright. And Chaz, what do you think? Uh, New England have scored 23 or less, five straight. They've allowed 21 or more in eight of nine. They're one and eight against the spread in those nine games. On the road, New England has scored 22 plus in seven of seven, and the over is six and one. The Jets have scored 22 or less in eight of eight. They're one and five in their last six against the spread. At home, they allow 20 or less in six of seven, and the under is seven and nine. My notes say the Bills, uh, the uh, New England is, is has Bill Belichick 0 and 2. That doesn't seem like that kid's going to stay there very long. And the Jets, are they going to go after a quarterback, or are they just going to ride with this guy? I mean, I they hope do? they do, but right now, no. Chris, what do you think? You're smiling over there. I'm just thinking about what we're trying to you know, figure out how to kind of bring this in the sense of how this game's supposed to go. You have some terrible quarterback play happening from Zach Wilson, and I don't put it all on Zach Wilson right now. I do put it on Daniel Hackett, Dan, and I'm I'm sorry. I don't know if I think he's going to be able to figure it out. I I, I sat there and beat my head against the wall all season last year for the Denver Broncos, and then he finally got fired, and Russell Wilson looked like a competent, decent quarterback. Not great anymore, but at least was decent. So I do wonder if he has any clue what to do with this Jets offense. I think the Patriots have to win this game. I don't think they're going to start off 0-3. Usually the more desperate team wins these kinds of games. And it's Belichick versus the Jets. So I, I like Belichick. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. <clears throat> we go from the lowest over-under to the highest over-under of the week. We got the Chargers and the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. And the Vikings are home dogs. Only by a point. Chargers favor at minus one here. But the over-under at 54. I just I want to hit the over because I need... I want to see big points in my life. So let's hit the over and get some action here. Look, both these defenses suck. And Joey Bosa is kind of a little iffy if he's even going to play for the Chargers. So if they lose a pass rush on top of everything, I don't see any reason why these two offenses aren't going to be able to go crazy. Uh, so, Chaz, what do you think in this game? I don't know. I just, I'm not sure why we haven't seen the family feud with the Watt and the Bosa families. That's, I, I just think that was, that is an easy one. I saw the, they did the AFC, NFC kind of thing. I'm thinking them. Just go with the families. All right, so the Chargers scored 24-plus four straight. On the road, they scored 20-plus five straight. 
They allow 27 plus three of three, and Minnesota allows 20 plus at home, nine of nine. Yeah, the, the over is high, but the Chargers have a curse. Don't forget that. And Minnesota has been totally disappointing so far this year. Well, they've been totally disappointed. They were disappointing as Tampa Bay. I didn't expect them to win that Eagles game. They're actually in that game more than I, I thought they. Well, they backdoored me. That might have something to do with my attitude yeah. towards well, them. Of that'll, course, that'll, that'll you backdoor yeah. me once, shame on you, right? Backdoor, <laughs> isn't that the old saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, that I can understand. Chris, what do you make of this game? We're we gonna get the over under. We're gonna get the over. The I like the, I like the over in this game. So that's I definitely think there should be some scoring on both sides. So I think Minnesota playing at home and Chaz Lewis, who Chargers travel well, they score points on the road. So I think this is, I would go the over on this game. I think it's definitely going to be in the 30s for both these teams, at least a high 28. You know, I think it's going to be like a 34-28 type of game. I, Chaz, I'm going to you know defer to you in a sense as a Charger fan, but I almost feel like Minnesota is like the central version of the Chargers in a sense. Oh, it doesn't get the same kind of hype. That's, that's it doesn't get the same kind of attention. Excellent, but it just seems to work the same way for yeah. the Vikings. They miss field goals and, and they lose games they shouldn't lose. They always have some kind of just – they always just never kind of, you know – Did you see the stat? Because we make fun you – know, I make fun of the Charger curse, you know, that on every talk show I do. Every, anybody I talk to, you know, I could be at the, the – get my tires changed. So how about that Charger curse, right? <laughs> and they, they showed the stat where they had scored 58 points and they had zero turnovers and they were 0-2 and, and it was like nobody had ever done it in the NFL ever in two games. <laughs> Well, you got the Vikings. They went with 15 and one, lost to Atlanta in the first round. They got knocked out. Then, you know, this team was to be a juggernaut. And that was one of the greatest offenses we've ever seen in all time. And Vikings have no no trophies to show any time recent. Yeah. No. No. 100%. Let's, let's get to our next matchup, though. Let's talk about the Carolina Panthers, the Seattle Seahawks. This is a game I do want some action on. It's not a lock them in for me, but Seattle is something I'm going to have a unit on here at minus five and a half, 42 and a half over under. Uh, I do think that line's about right because what you have here is a situation where the Seahawks don't necessarily put the pedal to the metal when they control a game. I feel like this is a game they will be able to control. Remember, Andy Dalton's going to be the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers this week. And the Panthers, I don't, I mean, I don't care if it's Dalton, I don't care if it's Bryce Young. They just don't have a lot of f- offensive firepower right now. So I think Seattle covers at home. It always feels like a good bet for me. Chaz, what do you have? We had an Abbott Costello routine. This game was on, and I was saying how the quarterback is young, and my wife's going, "Yeah, I know he's young." <laughs> I'm saying, and I then I realized that she was looking strictly at his name, but he he he, he looks. They they scored 37 points in three games. Carolina scored a total of 37 points in the last three games. Seattle's one and five against the spread at home, um, and you've got Geno Smith, and you don't know who you have. This is a game where you know. Last week we had a lot of games I wanted nothing to do with. This is the first game this week that I really want them to do with. Okay. Chris, you see the same way as Chaz? Or? Well, I'd say the Chaz thing. I know that you know, Seattle's 0-5 against the spread in the last five games, so it is something to kind of keep in mind. And it, Carolina, I'm, I'm with you, Dan. And I, I, you know, I look at this team, and I can't understand how they could even be in this game. But I also see a Seattle team that just frankly hasn't been you know, all that impressive yet. I have more of a fantasy question for you or slash football sure. question. What happens if Andy Dalton plays well? And looks decent. Can we just blame what's you know? You talked about Carolina's lack of weapons, but if it looks okay versus Seattle versus what Bryce Young has done, will there be kind of any kind of controversy? No, no. Bryce Young's number one pick overall. It's not going to. Uh, you and I might want to spark controversy on social media, but there's not going to be actual controversy here. 
So the last note on this game real quick is the other five games of Seattle, they all have gone on the over, though. Over the four, and 42 and a half is a low over under the bet over. So that's not a bad one here, Chris. I'll, I'll throw some money on there for you with that one because I, I don't hate that. Uh, let's, ooh, we got one of our two blowouts of the week. It's the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Arizona Cardinals. The Cowboys are favored at minus 12 points. The over under is only 43 and a half. So essentially, Vegas is telling you a straight up blowout where Arizona doesn't do anything offensively. And the Cowboys just do all the scoring basically in this game. It's not that we can't see it that way. The Cowboys, you know, news, by the way, Trevon Diggs, he's out for the year. He tore his ACL up uh, in practice earlier this afternoon. Crazy thing to have happen to you in practice. It doesn't really affect them uh, in this matchup for me in particular, though. And it's a big line. I don't like big lines in the NFL, but usually when a team's this heavily favored, they actually cover more times than not. So give me Dallas minus 12 in this matchup. Chaz, what do you got? All right, so last year, the very last game of the season, Washington beat Dallas 26-6. to That's the last game. Dallas had an incredible record last year, right? Don't they have a phenomenal record? What was it like 14-3 and or something? Or Last year, Dallas? It was, it was, it was 12-5 and last year. All right, it was, they were top of the division, right, with the Giants the whole, the whole way, I think, right? Well, no, the Eagles were one of the division. Oh, Eagles, I mean, Eagles, Eagles and, the, and the Dallas, right? They were, they were both good, Dallas, right? Yeah. That was it. Every other game, they scored 27, 49, 28, 40, 28, 54, 27, 34, 40. Listen to those numbers. Those are Oklahoma numbers when Oklahoma was good. Um, so, yeah, so I not only like Dallas here, but that team total um, is going to be an easy winner, I think. Yeah. No. Okay. I, I like that. Uh, Chris, what do you got on this game? Are you going with the heavy favorite? Dallas wipes the floor with them? Yeah, I mean, I think so. The one thing that was kind of odd is Arizona has been strangely tough versus Dallas, particularly when Dallas is a double-digit favorite. Um, and But looking at the numbers, Arizona is just one of those weird teams in general, I think, this year, Dan. It's been 30 years since we've seen a team start off 0-2, but yet start off 2-0 and against the spread. Um, so they, they've been somehow managing to be double-digit dogs, keep covering, but not winning. And then you know the last teams have done that since 2008. Five of the four of the I'm sorry, five of their teams have done that. They've gone one and four week three. So it's probably looking like Arizona is going to lose, and they should lose by double digits this week. I yeah. got, I got, I forgot my Nuggets. I forgot my Nuggets. So the New York sweep does that mean anything? They beat the Jets and they beat the Giants. Wow, <laughs> you know, but Arizona in the second half. Listen to this. Last 15 in home, so that's at least two years, right? Two and 13 against the spread in the second half. Okay, so we're not worried about a backdoor cover. Essentially, that's what that's what you're saying. No, but uh, if they're not if they're not covered in halftime, don't be afraid to go back to the cupboard. Yeah, well, I like that live betting. That's what it's all about. Uh, how about, about other blowout of the week? This is the biggest blowout of the week. The Chiefs minus thirteen over Chicago and the over under at forty eight. And fellas, this actually is one of my lock bets of the week. Lock them in. It's a lock. The Chiefs at minus 13. I think Chicago actually can offensively put things together. The problem is that whole organization's in a crap ton disarray right now. Justin Fields trying to walk back comments. We know what you meant, buddy. You hate the coaching staff. And guess what? I don't blame you, but I don't think it gets corrected this week at all. So, yeah, I'm going with the Chiefs in a big blowout here. I'm locking them in at minus 13. I have no answers or buts about that. I know Kansas City's not always the greatest covering the spread here. 
but it just seems like Chicago is about to hit a black hole pretty soon as an organization up and down. That's how I'm reading this. So I'm going to cash on that. Uh, Chaz, you, are you with me on this one or you see it differently? Well, yeah, remember that whole bet against the Super Bowl winner, the first four games of the new season against the spread. And, and, and it has a, a very good winning record. Uh, I think they're one and one this year. But listen to this. Chicago is one and nine against the spread and they've allowed 25 points or more in 12 straight games. 12 straight games isn't a coincidence. Kansas City allows 24 or less in 6 and 6, and Chicago in the first half is over in 11 of their last 12. My notes tell me that. It was October 24th of last year. 10-24-22. That was the last time time Chicago Bears allowed less than 25 points. Everybody scored out of 12 out of 12. Uh, However, Kansas City, last time they scored more than 27, no, no, the last time they scored more than 30 points, they've scored 27 or less in 7 of 7, was December 26th, so the day after Christmas, in 21. So they're not scoring a lot of points. They're just winning games, and that's what doesn't cover double-digit things, you know? So. Yeah. Chris, yeah, think so? Chiefs mop the floor? Dan, I, I feel you, and, and I, I agree with there's a chaos in Chicago, but my gut, for some reason, is telling me Chicago is going to keep this game closer than people expected to be. So I actually have this as my upset. I don't think Chicago is going to win this game necessarily, but I do think they're going to kind of hang around, keep it close. Well, and well, if point. the three of us, Chris, are on the sidelines, right? Me, you, Dan's a quarterback, you're the receiver, and I'm, I'm the athletic trainer, okay? <laughs> and, we're, and we're up 19 points. How happy are we acting? We're acting happy, right? We're high-fiving, people's snapping towels at people, and and then they score a meaningless touchdown, and we don't care. But if you had 13 and a half, you cared. No, well, yeah, go ahead, Chris. I was just going to say real quick, but to your point, though, Chaz, of the under and the scoring of, of the last 18 games, the Bears have been double-digit dogs. The under has hit 15 out of 18 times. So that's, that's, good, that means that's there's a, a good, good chance number. that there's not going to be a lot of scoring for both sides in this game. Well, so so when you when you hear 15 and 3, just think of the math. You lost 103 times. You won 115 times. Actually, you lost 110 three times. So I would lose 110 three times to win 115 times every 18 times I could. 100%. So Yonder, not not too opposed to that one. Uh, we'll get back to this game a little bit because I do have a player prop in this, actually two player props in this game. Uh, moving on here to our next matchup, it is the first Monday night matchup. The Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we get to my second lock them in of the week. Lock them in. It's a lock. Philadelphia Eagles at minus five and a half. They have played B minus ball for the first two weeks and have been able to win those games. Tampa Bay has played against two crappy teams. I think they get a dosage of reality this week on Monday Night Football, and I think the Eagles play a little bit better, and we're going to see a team that remembered to run the ball last time, remember what happens when Jalen Hurts' play action available to him with the weapons that he has, and I think they just take care of business and cover in this game. So I have the Eagles locking them in at minus five. Five and a half. Chaz, what do you got? All right, so I got Philadelphia on the road to score 25 plus in four straight. Tampa Bay at home has scored 23 plus in three of three. But my notes for Philly in their last 12, they're nine and three against the spread. No, they're 93 straight up, four, seven, and one against the spread. In their last 11 on the road, they're 10 and one straight up, four and seven against the spread. The point spread, friends, is the enemy. It's Satan's tool. It's just, it's only. 
only thing to do is to keep you out of church on Sunday and make you feel the pain. <laughs> so I would, I'm taking a minus 230. <laughs> Jez is so upset about that backdoor cover last week. All right, so, so here's the other aspect. Tampa Bay, it says, Baker watch, because then I, I, I kind of said some bad things about him week one, and he's doing good. He's number fifth rated quarterback, right? Got a 104.4 rating. Uh, he's 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 a he's a, he's a fun the to watch. The bear, he's fun yeah. to watch. You gotta admit that. I I don't think he's fun to watch at all. <laughs> that, that that I did completely disagree with. His little energy antics thing does not amuse me in, in the least bit. Uh, Chris, what do you got in this game? Yeah, I think the Eagles will actually cover this game. I think that they're getting healthier in the secondary, particularly which is most important. I know that Anthony Maddox is they lost that. I actually, think as a blessing in disguise. Um, I think overall for this defense, the, the pass rush is going to be a problem for Tampa Bay's offensive line. I think that the reality is going to kick in for Tampa Bay as well this week in the Eagles cover, just like Washington gets beat. I think Tampa Bay is going to beat, get beat. Yeah, uh, Bradbury and Blankenship both both back. Uh, we got a question coming in from Richard Hernandez. Full PPR, needs a flex. Nico Collins or Rashad White this week. I am going Nico Collins in a game that I think, again, could be very similar where the Houston Texans have to come back from behind and make some moves. I like the matchup. I don't like Rashad White at all this week. He's actually outside my top 24 in spite of the fact of the volume that he picks up. I don't like him against the Philadelphia Eagles. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I'm probably going to lean toward Nico Collins, too. I mean, I'm not a hater shot necessarily as much as you do because I think they'll be involved in the passing attack. I think they're going to do a lot of check downs in this game. But I do think Nico Collins is probably the best play, especially the way he's been playing the last two weeks to get all the targets. Yeah, 100% agree. All right, so our last game for today's show is the last Monday night game. It is the Rams. It is the Cincinnati Bengals. And this is my underdog pick of the week. We still don't know for sure if Joe Burrow is going to play, but I kind of look at it this way. Even if he does, it hasn't been very good. The calf injury clearly has been an issue, and now he just had a setback. So now you have one of two options. Either he plays even more hurt than he has the last two weeks, which hasn't looked great, or Jake Browning plays for the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday. Either way, now's the time to bet on this game. The Rams are the underdogs at plus two. Bet them on the money line. Get plus 120 and call it a freaking day. Give me the Rams and the underdog pick here. One of my lock and picks of the week as well. Chaz? Rams are seven and two against the spread on the road. The unders have gone nine and one in that stretch. Cincinnati scores twenty-two plus at home in six of seven, and or twenty-two overall or more in six of seven, and twenty-three or more at home in seven straight. The Rams eleven thirteen twenty-two. So last November versus Arizona, that was the last time the Rams were favored. Eleven straight games. This is like the year after they won the Super Bowl. That's pretty wild. Huh? Uh, last time. That Cincinnati scored less than 27 points at home was at Cleveland in November 21. They're 13 to 13. Okay. Uh, so I, I think that co- I think that backs me up and what I want to do with the Rams here. Uh, Chris, where are you at in this game? This is not a tough one for me. I'm with you more on this. So that's, you know, I don't think I don't think Burrow personally is going to play. Um, I but agree. I think even if he does play, I think he's definitely going to be limited what he can do. Now, the, my problem in a sense, for the Rams is talent-wise, they still might not be a better team than Cincinnati is overall. But I think the coaching is done much is the key for me, and I think the Rams should be able to pull this game out on the road. I think Sean McVay is showing his coaching. Zach Taylor still forgets how to do so. I think that's going to be the key to this game. 
Yeah, I, I tend to agree. That's why I have the Rams on my line. I just, I like it a lot. Uh, my lock player prop bets of the week, Patrick Mahomes, 282 and a half passing yards. He's literally been over that mark six of the six last games. He's been over 300 yards the first two games. He'll have plenty of opportunities against Chicago to put up some big numbers. And we haven't even gotten Travis Kelsey going yet. So lock in Patrick Mahomes at over 282 passing yards. And on the flip side of that, DJ Moore only has a player prop of 41 and a half receiving yards. They course corrected that one thing at least last week, got him over 100 yards. There's nobody in Kansas City secondary I'm afraid of. And Chicago will have to come back in garbage time. So I'm taking DJ Moore over 41 and a half receiving yards this upcoming week. And Josh Jacobs is my last. I know he hasn't been great the past two weeks, but like I said, Nick Chubb had 56 rushing yards in the first quarter against this Pittsburgh Steelers team. His prop right now is only 71 and a half rushing yards for the week. I am getting Josh Jacobs back on track and I am cashing the over on Josh Jacobs against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is run defense is in turmoil now, especially now they don't have Hayward uh, out there too. Chris, what do you make of all those? I like two out of, I like one, I should say I like really like one out of the three, but I think two of the three I can go with. The Jacobs ones I struggle with the most. Uh, I agree with you that the, the matchups there for him on paper, I just look at this offensive line, it might be just as bad as the defensive for Pittsburgh is. Um, there's no holes. There's no places to go. This offense has not done anything in running the ball well this entire season. I'm not sure if Josh McDaniels even cares about running the ball right now. So I'm very curious to see if Jacobs can get over that the over on that. I think the Steelers run defense cures a lot of woes. <laughs> it definitely could. But the one I do love, I love Patrick, the Patrick Mahomes one. Don't forget, this. Is, I don't think Patrick Mahomes forgot that Chicago took somebody else over him. Yeah, no, 100% agreed. And Matt and I have, a, I have an axe to grind as well. Just don't, don't put those two things out of your head because I do think it'll be payback. Double revenge game here with Kansas City and Chicago. Uh, all the more reason why they're going to cover my lock bet for Kansas City. So we got to do our parlay, Chris. Um, Chaz, I know you always take the points in the parlay, so I'm going to submit the Rams plus two. Chris? This is a tough one for me. I'm trying to think of the one I definitely like. I'm going to have to go with the Buffalo over or Washington. I think you know, there's a lot of things on paper that makes Washington appear that they can keep his game closed, but I think Buffalo is going to blow them out. I always say to myself, if I'm giving out a play that other two other guys are counting on, I got to make it a play that if, if it loses, I won't be sick to my stomach for the rest of the week. And so I'm going with Dallas. All right. Dallas minus 12. I like it. We're going to lot. We're going to win. That, you said that those big, uh, a lot of times those big spreads, they cover. So, yeah, they absolutely do. Uh, guys, enjoy the show. I hope you guys check us out. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you download us on your favorite podcast app. Chaz, before you get out of here, what are you, what are you working on? What do you got coming up? Where can we follow you at? Yeah, you know what? I, I'm uh, I'm just chilling along. I, I'm still focusing on the CFL, but we're I, I got a new gig going. It's going real well, so I'm kind of just uh, putting a lot of effort into uh getting through i got to go to brazil in december my son's getting married so i'm i'm playing bachelor party guy right now so i just booked a mansion in la for october 6th so i've got a weird year going forward i'm going to give a little back to the family because they've given me so much over the years you know 
That's awesome. Congratulations to your son and, and to you. Uh, Chris, you and I will be back next week. Uh, Chaz and I will actually be back Sunday night to do our recap show, our heroes and zeros and observational notes. And then you and I will be back here on Wednesday night like we always are for the Operation Domination episode, the full preview and player props, betting and everything in between going into week four. So make sure, again, you guys subscribe, download your favorite podcast app, and we're going to see you soon. Chaz, as you always like to say, Always be cashing, guys. Have a good weekend.